probably be uh, looking through several different places and we're thankful for this opportunity to be in God's house this morning and <coughs> what a privilege and what an honor uh, that God has afforded us and uh, <coughs> I want to preach God being our helper this morning we want to preach on the uh, expediency of the gospel and uh, I, I'm going to read and, and we're going to read quite a, quite a bit of scripture and it's the word of God and the word of God is far superior to anything that I have to say amen uh, and, and I believe that it always uh, stands true but uh, Jesus said uh, he told his disciples in one place in the book of John he told him he said uh, uh, in John 14 matter of fact he told him he said it's expedient that I go away for if I go not away, then Comforter cannot come. And the Comforter will come, who will come and prove the world of sin. And uh, in John 3.16, the book of John in itself, it answers the mysteries and solves so many problems if we just read it from cover to cover. And uh, uh, John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, we know that it is the will of God. The Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3, uh, verse number 9, he said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises to us, who is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come under repentance. And we uh, look at this, and we want to examine something today. And I believe that, uh, and, and this is what stirred me up just a few minutes ago, I believe the church has been stifled, uh, and we are, and that's why I want to take you through the Word of God this morning. I, I, don't want, I, I don't want to preach my opinion about what I think about anything. I, I want you to hear this directly from the Word of God. And so, uh, is, uh, and, and I want you to keep these things in your mind as we go through this. And, uh, and like I say, I don't say these things, uh, and I, I'm not critiquing what people say. I've said these things over the years. And, uh, uh, but I just want us to examine uh, the mentality that we've adapted in the church today. We'll say things like, well, it won't never happen until God sees fit. On the surface, that sounds good. It sounds right. It won't never happen until God makes a way. On the surface, it sounds good. And listen, this is not applicable to everything, right? This doesn't apply to every single thing. Because when we pray, when we are saved by the grace of God, and we, uh, when we encroach upon the throne of grace, the Bible says that uh, in the book of Hebrews that he said, uh, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy to find help, uh, to find grace to help in the time of need. So we know that there are certain circumstances. We see Lazarus, uh, when he died, he, he waited four days. Mary and Martha, that was in God's time, right? See, there are things that does not apply to everything, and that's why I don't want you to be hypercritical of everything that I'm saying this morning. But when it comes down to the, 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 the God's plan of saving a world, we need to be up and about the Father's business. We need to be expediently preaching the Word of God. We need to be trying to reach all that can hear. 
all that would and will here. We need to be trying to reach them. Why, preacher? Because I'm telling you something, friends. People are going to hell. But the church has adopted this ideology. And you say, well, preacher, we've heard you preaching on this last six months. We don't want to hear it anymore. Well, I'm going to preach to you one more time. So, listen, I, I want to say this, friends. Uh, I, I don't know, you know, when the Bible speaks about when Paul was convicted on the road to Damascus, the Bible said, I, we know that uh, about the blinding lights and the voice that was heard, and the Bible tells us that when conviction found Paul at that moment, uh, listen, or really when the, when the light shone, uh, conviction really came when, when the Bible tells us that Stephen preached to him just a few preceding verses, and the Bible says that, uh, listen, it caused and stirred them in such a way that it infuriated them and made them so fiercely anger, angry that they ran upon him, they stoned him, and they killed him. I'm telling you something today. The truth will bring out the inner workings of the heart. It'll get people stirred up quicker than anything. And we see here, uh, when Paul, the Bible tells us that he been to have, began to have a conversation with Christ, and uh, listen, the Bible says that Paul yielded finally to the Spirit of God, and he and he made this profession. He said, "Lord, what would you have me to do?" And listen, he said, "It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks." And when we look at the original language of that, that's talking about an ox goad. And an ox goad is something that comes off, and you probably know full well better than I do. But listen, when an ox would begin to back up, they would take these metal spikes on the goad. What they would do, and they would drive them into the back of the ox's legs. And listen, it would drive them forward. So, friends, listen. He said, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Amen. You see, the ox goads was digging into Paul, and he couldn't back up anymore. Listen, when people get convicted by the gospel today, they reach a place they can't back up anymore. They've reached an impasse. So, friends, today, listen to me. Why is that so important? Because, friends, listen, it's up to the church today. Christ has committed this unto us. Amen. He said, go ye out to the highways and the hedges, compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Uh, friends, listen, I want to tell you today, he said, work while it is yet day, for the night cometh when no man can work. Uh, listen to me. He said, ask, seek, and knock. He tells us to go, go, go. But all we do is set, set, set. And this is what I want to preach to you about because, listen, friends, we need to be active about this. And I've been, I've been trying, and listen, I use this in context, amen. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I want to preface this message with this. I don't believe somebody can get saved anytime they want to. I don't believe that is biblical. I can't believe, I listen, I don't believe you can live a life full of hell and sin and wake up one Monday morning and say, I believe today I'll go get saved. See, friends, listen to me. One reason I don't believe that is because I, I believe that, uh, listen, we need to understand where we live today. 
And there's a lot of people, they want to take this and take everything out of context. And they, first thing, when you have, start have, trying to have this conversation, they want to go to some deep, dark jungle over in Uganda. Uh, listen to me. Where, where, uh, uh, where society has never even uh, uh, made it and they don't have the gospel. And that is one scenario. And I have those answers to those questions. But I'm not talking about the deep, dark jungle of Uganda this morning. I'm talking about Lula, Georgia. Quit trying to divert everything because you don't want to do anything. Let's talk about Lula, Georgia. Let's talk about up and down Timber Ridge Road. Let's talk about uh, up and down 52. Uh, let's talk about how many churches are, are, listen, flooded in this area. Let's talk about how many people up and down this society, uh, listen, in this community that have, listen, they have not ever came to the church house. They don't ever expect to go to the church house. Uh, friends, listen to me. I, I want to say this. Preacher, what would happen to them? talk about this because it's a conversation that, that the church needs to have well we can't do nothing until God does something let me tell you something let's talk about what God has done let's read the Bible tells us right here let's pick up and just for state of context I'm not going to read all this because I, there's really some more scripture that I want to read I'm just going to pick up right here about verse number 35 but for state of context we see here where Jesus had fed the 5,000. And listen, the Bible tells us that he went out on a ship and they, was, they had come from Capernaum and they had surrounded the ship and they were inquiring of Jesus. And let's pick up about verse number 34, 35 right here. The Bible says, Then, say that, uh, then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. Hey, listen. The Bible says, but I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Now, I'm going to go through these and talk about this in just a minute. But listen, the Bible says, For I am come down to heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up in the, uh, again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The, the Jews then murmured at him, because he said, I am the bread which come down from heaven, they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto him, Murmur not against yourselves. No man come unto me, except the Father which hath sent me, draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard, and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me, not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God. He hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life, 
I am the bread of life. And I would encourage you to read some more. I'm not going to read the, the continuation of that. And I'm going to go back through and preach about this. Now let's apply this to Lula, Georgia. Let's apply this to Claremont and Gillsville. Let's apply this to the city of Gainesville. Amen. Listen to me. Let's evaluate and see where we are today. The Bible tells us, you've heard me preach on this a multitude of times. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 1 verse number 20 uh, that the Bible through creation and conscience and we understand that the book of Jeremiah tells us that he has written his law on every man's heart. I'll say this again. I said it Wednesday night that what th this is what the objective of our morality is. This is why we have right and we have wrong objectively. Amen. Listen to me. Right and wrong is not subjective. Right and wrong is objective. We have moral penal codes. Uh, listen to me. And those penal codes, they speak to inherently what we know is right and wrong. Amen. Uh, listen to me. You cannot murder somebody. Why? Because it is wrong. Yes, we have laws to enforce these more moral codes. But friends, listen to me. We are inherently born to know that these things are wrong. How do we know these things? Because the law of God is upon our heart. Because we look upon, we see his creation. We see his conscience uh, through our own conscience. And we look about and we see his creation. And we know that there is something far greater than us, amen, that formed this thing. Amen. We were discussing in the car and Hayden was talking about uh, yesterday. Friends, listen to me. Now, we can uh, we can be have young earth creationists. We can have old earth creationists. And I'm not going to get into this. And uh, listen to me. Uh, we, we even have a sect of religious people today they are uh, evolutional theists and that's what they call themselves and I'm not getting into that up this morning uh, but listen what I want to do say is this listen we need to understand when we are taught in the schoolhouse uh, that all this thing come uh, from a cosmic pool when it come together and there was a big bang listen to me you can believe that if you so choose to but you still have to ask answer the question who caused the bang Man, now listen to me. We can hold a young earth creationist or a worldview or a old earth creationist worldview. And uh, listen, some of you went to the ark recently. That's Dr. Ken Ham. He's a young earth creationist and probably the, one of the most prolific, uh, listen, of our modern day and time. And he's done a great job, uh, listen to me, about describing how the Bible uh, and listen, portrays itself in archaeology and science and uh, listen to me and there's lots of people believe that way but there's some old earth creationists uh, and they have some good arguments and I, I'm not going to disagree with them either but what I'm here to say is this we must come to a fundamental understanding that God created the thing that we live in Preacher, well, somebody needs to explain to me space, time, and matter. Well, I've already told you. We serve a God who is, uh, listen, who lives non-existent of those things. We serve a timeless, spacious, and immaterial God. Amen. And that's enough for me. I enjoy, I personally enjoy, uh, listen, I love uh, reading books, and I, I, I've got books running out my ears, and uh, listen to me, I enjoy studying theology, I enjoy studying doctrines, uh, friends, listen, and we, we come to an, a realization today, and I understand this, we're not all, I don't want, I don't expect all of you to believe just like I do, amen, uh, friends, listen to me, but you know what, I'm not going to wad you up and throw you in the trash can either, amen, we're all saved, born again people, for, listen, fighting for the common cause. Uh, listen, to see lost men, women, boys, and girls saved. Now listen, I don't want to divert topic. I want to get back. We've established that God has created this thing. 
We have an object of morality because God has written his law upon our hearts. We know through creation and conscience, listen to me, that there is something bigger than us. We know that in today that we live in, friends, listen to me, somebody cannot be born and raised in Lula, Georgia and live 80 years. I don't care if they ever go to the church house or not. They cannot live for 80 years in Lula or Claremont, Georgia and go to heaven without a profession of faith and hope in Jesus Christ. I had a pastor call me the other morning. He told me, he said, such and such got saved the other day. I bless him, he was 67 years old. I said, hey, man, that's wonderful. He said, he come into the church house. I listen, and first time he'd ever heard the gospel. I said, you're kidding me. He said, yeah, that's what he said. First time he'd ever heard the gospel. I said, you mean that man lived in White County for 67 years? Never heard the gospel? Never heard Jesus at the Piggly Wiggly? But see, this is, this, this is the trap the church has fell into. Now listen, we had this conversation. This is probably going to make some of you feel uncomfortable. But that's exactly what I intend to do, is make you feel uncomfortable. He told me, he said, you know, if he'd have died before he come to the church house, he'd have went to heaven. I said, why do you say that? He said he never heard the gospel. I said, you mean tell me he's 67 years old? Uh, listen, because this, this is the ideology that the church has built, right? Listen to me. Well, they can't get saved until they're drawn. We'll all say amen now. Say it. Don't, don't stop saying it now because somebody else was preaching it. You'd be hollering. Preacher, you not believe that? Oh, absolutely. I believe it to its core. Take your finger and turn over to John 12. Let's start at verse number 30. Now, I want to remind you, when you get over there and you look at this and you, read, you pay attention to John 12, I'm going to remind you of what John 6, says. No man can come unto me. This is Jesus speaking. No man can come into Christ except the Father, which is God, the first person of the Trinity, which hath sent me, amen, which is speaking of Christ, draw him. That word draw in the Greek literally means to drag. We need to be clear about that. Because if I don't tell you, somebody else will. And I will raise him up at the last day. Amen. So we know through the word of God, no man, listen, nobody can get to the Lord Jesus Christ lest the Father above which sent Jesus drag him. That's what the word of God says. Compel him. Drag, compel, or enable is what that word draw means. John 12, 30, the Bible says, Jesus answered and said, This voice came not from me, came not because of me, but for your sakes. Listen, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. 
Now we've got a quandary, don't we? What's the quandary, preacher? Because we fell into this ideology, listen, that there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing more that we can do. We can't do anything until God does something. Let me tell you, the last utterance from the cross of Calvary, you know what it was, Brother Bobby? What did he say? He said, it is finished. Hey, either we believe what Christ said or stop believing in it all. Do we believe it's finished? Do we really believe that? If you believe that Calvary, what did it finish? It reconciled man to God through a bridge, the mediator, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. It reconciled fallen man to a holy God. He said, no man can get to God, lest God, which sent me, draw him. And he said, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto him. That's why I want to preach this from the word of God. It's not what I think about it. It's what the word of God says about it. But you see, friends, listen, we put the onus back on God today, right? Amen. Listen, you've heard me preach this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, it says that if thou shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 and 13. Verse 15, the Bible picks back up in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans. It says, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach lest they be sent? So let's tie all this together. Jesus said, no man can come to me. lest the Father which sent me draw him. Jesus said, if I be lifted up the earth, he said, I will draw all men unto me that they may come unto the Father. Uh, listen, but the only way that they can come unto me is if the gospel is preached. And when the gospel is preached, it cultivates faith. And faith cometh by hearing. Amen. So they must hear the preaching of the word of God. Amen. That is what prompts sinners to get saved. Is the preaching of the word of God. I'm not exalting the office of the preacher, but I want us to understand the significance that the Scripture has put on preaching, Daniel. Amen. That's why you do not in no stretch or no circumstance call some mama called and daddy sent preacher. You find somebody who's been called of God. Amen? Why is that necessary? Hey, for the sake of those that are coming along, I'm glad that there's still a voice crying in the wilderness. It's time to show proof of our calling. Amen? I'm telling you something, friends, they listen to me. And 
And when we show proof of our calling, that is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Why do we need to show proof of our calling? I'm telling you something, friends, today. Because the Bible tells this is the clearest instruction that we've ever been given. Amen. We need preaching today. We need spirit-filled, God-called preachers. And you know what, friends? Listen to me. I'm, hey, when the children of Israel got down there, I'm listening, they were locked away 430 years in Egypt. You know what they prayed for? They prayed that God would send a deliverer. I'm telling you something, church, today, if you want to see this thing carry on, hey, now I'm going to tell you something. I believe this, and I'm not preaching the demise of the church. You know why? Because Jesus told Peter over there, he said, listen, he told him, he told him now, he said, and upon this rock I'll build my church. And he said, what? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen to me. I intend on changing some minds through the preaching of the Word of God. I Listen, I believe that's what God has called me to do. And listen, you can get bent sideways and red-eared and you can talk to me. I'll talk about me. You can have me for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Call all your friends if you want to, amen. I listen to and tell them about how sorry of a preacher I am. I listen to me. That's fine with me. I'm telling you something. It's fine with me. You do what you need to do, amen, because I'm going to do what I need to. don't think, do they? Well, I know, I, I know I'm not perfect. Listen to me. And I know, I, listen, I'll be honest with you, I've said some things in days gone by and in the past I wish I'd never said about some men of God. Amen. I'll be honest with you. Danny, I, I won't lie to you. But I'm going to tell you something, friends, listen to me. I've heard them time after time sit there and crucify the man of God. And I thought to myself, well, boy, I'm glad while you're standing there crucified that he preached to your kids because I remember. I remember when your kids got saved. I remember when he baptized your kids. And all you want to do is sit there and crucify him. But I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen to me. We're going to have to get thick skin, long neck. And I, I listen to me. I, I'm telling you, we're going to have to do some things that's not popular in the church. Hey, man, I, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen today. And I, 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 because... I understand what this thing is leading to. We keep blaming everything on God. We're just sitting here. Well, when God decides to do something, then we'll know. Bless your heart. David prayed one time and he told him, he said, Lord, would you have us to go? He said, no, I want you to stay back. He said, but when you stay back, he said, I want you to have your eyes cast toward the tops of the mulberry trees. He said, when you see the stirring in the tops of the mulberry trees, you'll know that God has given you and go and put there. Friends, listen to me. What we've done is we've parked under the shade tree, ain't even thought about looking up. Oh, listen to me. All we've done is sleeping at the root of the tree because we're full. saying when God decides to do something, people go into hell. Why? Why are they going to hell? 
Now listen to me. I've said this before, and I believe this. Adrian Rogers said this one time. Listen, now God, through creation and conscience, God puts enough in us to seek more like him. It, that's what happened to Cornelius. We'll read Peter and Cornelius in the book of Acts. Cornelius was a religious man. He was a Jew. He was an upright man, but he'd never been saved. You know why? Because he'd never heard the gospel. But he was a man that sought God. Amen. And a man that seeks God, God would send him the gospel. Philip in the eunuch, he was riding up on his chariot, reading the 53rd chapter of the book of Isaiah. Listen to it. Philip showed up out of nowhere. I'm going to tell you something. If a man is hungry for the gospel, God will send it to him. Adrian Rogers said this. He said, I believe that God will crash an airplane and parachute a missionary in. If somebody's hungry for the gospel. That's the truth. In every circumstance where somebody was yearning, seeking, and hungry, God made a way. Amen. Like I preached on it, I believe it was last Sunday, maybe, or Wednesday, I don't know, Sunday night, sometime or another. I, listen, when, when, when the Bible talks about, I believe it was last Sunday night, I preached on Jonah. I, listen, that greater than Jonah is here. But listen to me. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. God will use anything, anywhere, and anybody. Amen. Jonah over there, listen to me. He was hard-hearted. He hated the Ninevites. He hated their sin. He hated the country. He hated the town. God told him, he said, go down there and preach to the Ninevites. He said, I ain't doing no such a thing. Great fish swallowed him up. Three days and three nights, and he said, from the belly of hell cried I. He got a change of heart and a change of mind. He said, God, if you'll just put me back on dry ground, I'll go tell them. He went and showed up at Nineveh. Listen, he said, yet 40 days, and thou shalt be destroyed. Hey, listen, and bless God, he dusted the feet off, uh, the dust off his feet, and he turned around and left. Hey, man, I'm going to tell you, he went and done exactly no more than God told him. know what those people needed? They needed a way out. They needed good news. They needed hope. They needed help. They needed the gospel. And when they got it, the Bible says that they immediately repented of sackcloth and ash. You see, friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. If we sit here and we wait, God will use somebody else in the vine that we call Kentwood or Whitehall or East Hall or East Ewood or Diamond Hill. Yellow Cruz or First Baptist. All these branches off the vine. If you don't want to do anything, you know what will happen? He'll cut the branch off and a new one will sprout. Preacher, that's hard to swallow. I'm telling you, you need to hear it. All the churches around need to hear it. It's time to do something. It's time. He said it's high time. 
in the book of Romans. You know what he said? Listen, he said, today is the day of salvation. Seek him while he may be found. And we sat here. I'm listening to me. You say, preacher, you preaching to me. Well, if you're taking it that way, then I probably am. You see, friends, listen to me. We sit here and we, we put everything back on God. And I've done this for years. And I thought, to, <clears throat> I thought to myself, God forgives me. Listen to me. Now, I want to preface all this. Listen to me. Danny prayed specifically in his prayer. And, I, and listen, it's been prayed a bunch and it's been said a bunch over the years. But I thought, Lord, thank you for letting Danny say those specific words. He said, if they'll come on the terms of of the gospel. I'll let you decide what those terms are. But you can't dictate those terms by what you think, what your opinion is, what you've been told. You know what dictates the terms of the gospel? The word of God. So I'd say this, friends, listen to me. I, I would say this, listen. I, and, and I don't know if you will or not, and, and if you don't, don't lie to me. I won't ask you. This is a real good exercise. We're going to do this at my home. I don't know if we'll do it today, but we're going to do it. We're going to take pencil and paper. And I want you to... It's called the order, Ordo Salutis, Salutis, and that's the order of salvation. You write down, line by line, how you think somebody is saved. What has to happen? Look at me now. This is important. You preachers gone crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. You write them down. You tell you write down exactly what you think needs to happen. And you flip over to the 8th chapter of Acts or the 14th or 12th chapter of Acts when you talk about Cornelius and Peter or we see uh, uh, Philip and the eunuch. And you, you take your ordo salutis and you fit it into the scriptures. And see how much of your opinion is not in there. heard them over the years talk about, listen to me, I believe when somebody really gets convicted and look, listen, the Bible tells us that he sent the Spirit of God to reprove or convict, that's what the word reprove means, it means to convict the world of sin. So when the gospel is preached and it's preached in the Spirit, then through the Spirit of the preaching it brings conviction, amen? And listen, when we bring conviction and we preach about Jesus being exalted, that's, that's another thing. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm scared to death of somebody that's standing behind this book board and never mentioned Jesus. This ain't chicken soup for the soul, and this ain't self-help, and I ain't Dr. Phil, although I look like it.
Larry Foster always told me, Dr. Field, I call him Pop. Look at him. He looks just like George Jones. I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen. I want you to think about these things. I'm telling you, because this is, I used to think like this. I used to think, well, if somebody, if somebody lived in Lula, Georgia, and they never come to church, and they never heard the gospel, what would happen to them, preacher? Well, they're not guilty. How can they go to hell? Well, let me tell you something, friends. Listen, if you're able to raise a family, go to work and pay bills, serve in the military, if you're able to do these things, if you're able to go to Angles, don't tell me somewhere down, I don't care if you never went to the church house all your life, friends. Let me tell you, that was a choice that you made because there's a church on every corner. He's responsible. She's responsible. The gospel's being preached in more places than I can name today. And there's people sitting at home. If somebody can live their entire life in Lula, Georgia, and die and go to heaven, why don't we just close the doors of the church Quit preaching, quit singing, quit having revivals because the less people that hear, the more people will go to heaven. Well, preacher, that don't smell right. You're right. Why do we preach? Why do we have revival? Why do we sing? Why do we pray? Why do we seek? Why do we groan after these things? It's because we want to see a lost and dying world saved. Just apply it all everywhere. <laughs> We've got these broken thoughts. But you see, that's where it leaves, amen, because if we wait and if we're waiting on something, let me tell you something, friends, listen, we need to be seeking, asking, and knocking. Philip down there, he was in a great revival. He was preaching. He was doing the will and the work of God. When you're doing the will and the work of God, he'll speak to you and he'll send you where you need to go, amen, amen. Hey, I'm going to tell you what. He left that, the Bible says, the Spirit caught him up from the great revival, set him night town in the middle of a desert. He'd done a little preaching, baptized him, and hey, glory to God, he skipped off into glory. I don't know where he went. Hey, man, he just popped up in another chapter. A few chapters later, he was still preaching. I'll ask you this question and I'll leave it with this. What is your opinion of Jesus' words to this woman? You mean what he said? Did he do what he do? Now I'll, I'm going to come full circle and end this message where I started. You said 
I know some of you are saying, Preacher, I remember you said that. Somebody can't just get saved when they want to get saved. You got it. They've got to get saved on the terms of the gospel. Right? If you live 80 years in wickedness and sin, you are responsible. But if you show up to Timber Ridge and you're 80 years and one day old and you sit in here this morning and you've heard the preached word of God and the Spirit of God, what is the Spirit of God? What did the Spirit of God come to do? He come to reprove the world of sin. It come to convict you. Amen. Now what does the Bible say? The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call upon the name of the Lord? The Bible said this, if he comes with a broken and a contrite spirit. You know what the Bible says? He said, I did no wise turn him aside. Amen. So when the preaching of the word of God comes, amen, listen, and the spirit of God comes, and it brings conviction to the preaching of the Word of God. Amen. Because we've exalted Christ. What do we do when we exalted Christ? We drew all men. Amen. When we drew all men, we made them accessible now but to the Father. How and why? Because he that believes by grace through faith shall be saved. That is God's gospel terms. Non-negotiable, non-opinionated. Those people that have enough knowledge, they can live in this community and never darken the doors of this church or any other. They are still culpable and responsible. said this many times. It's one thing to die and go to hell from the bar room. It's a whole nother can of worms in and of itself to die and go to hell from a church pew. Hey, Jesus meant every word he said when he said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Who's lost? Who's lost? Every one of them. Thank God that there are terms whereby we can be reconciled back to the Father through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a choice in the matter. People drive by this church when they choose to drive by. People may have been saved at Tim. I listen to me. And this is something we need to talk about. Amen. People may have been saved here. They may have used to came uh, to have come here in prior days and prior years. Listen to me. And they choose not to come anymore. Listen to me. I hope that they go somewhere else. Don't you? I really do. Don't just quit. Amen. Uh, listen to me. There's so many people that say, well, I'm just going to quit going to the church or house because they're all sinners. Amen. Hey, well, don't go to the doctor because everybody at the doctor's sick. Amen. Stop going to the hospitals where they can help you because there's, listen, there's all kinds of diseases over there. 
everybody's sick over there. There ain't no point going over there. I'm telling you what, we're all a bunch of miserable, lost, headed for hell creatures without the grace of God. Amen. We're all broken, but we're broke together. Amen. Hey, listen to me. It's the best thing you, you know what the best thing we can do is we can love everybody and hope that they'll come in. Hey, I'm going to tell you what, now listen, we need to draw on the end. We need to be a working arm of Christ in the community and draw them in. Family, people's going to hell. And we're putting the blame back on God. And Christ is sitting here saying, did you not hear me? I said, I'm done. I have done all things necessary. My will is to see you all saved. He told us in the book of Revelation, as they come to the piano, would you come on up here? He told us in the book of Revelation, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's in every person's life. Sunday morning after Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings every other night. Listen to me, Paul was just standing at the door knocking. We treat Jesus like I treat the Jehovah's Witnesses. I look at them through the window. They caught me in the yard when we used to live on Cool Springs. They, they caught me in the yard one day. I was working in the yard, and they cornered me. About four of them, and I run every one of them back to the car. I, I, I'm telling you something. I'll listen to you. You better be willing to listen to me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man would open Unto me, he said, I will come in and sup with him. Thank God that we have a God. Listen to me. He is seeking all of us worldwide. But it's the rejection of man. The, the, that's why the Bible talks about blasphemy. What is blasphemy, preacher? It's rejection, willful rejection of the Holy Spirit. He said, a man that would reject the Holy Spirit, that his body and soul would be cast into hell, the unforgivable sin, unbelief. You know what people's going to hell for? Unbelief. They're not going because of Adam's sin. They're going because of their sin. Amen. People need to hear. People need to be changed. 
We are an arm of Christ. You are. All of us. We're an arm of Christ. Arm, hand, leg, foot, mouth. We are his body. He is the head. He sent us out. We have the privilege to go out into this world and share the gospel. It's a privilege. Well, they'll hate me for it. Hey, the Bible said this dust your feet off to get some. As a testimony of getting nuts on hard, but listen to me, I've ran into people. You've ran into people. They just don't want to have a conversation. Just leave it at that and walk away. But what a privilege we have to share Jesus with you. Invite them to be witnesses. I want to see them saved, don't you? If they've been out of church for a long time, I want to see them get back in the church house. I want to see them get excited about Jesus. I want them to get their young people excited about Jesus. While we're standing, while we're singing, what's this? You follow what's on your heart.